0: You've hit Play on the Screen Companion, ostensibly a film and TV recommendation podcast, but might actually solely exist as an excuse for the host to talk to himself. For this solo exploit, I'm going to recommend a movie that shocked the hell out of me. There are a bunch of reasons on paper why I, or you, might not add this to your cue, or even pick the DVD up at a yard sale. So why did I try it in the first place? Well, as geek as I am for science fiction, I also hewed to variety being the spice of life. It's important to go for that new bean salad at the buffet instead of always going for the french fries. Sure, it means taking a risk and potentially regretting the decision, but what about when it's awesome? when you discover a pleasure that would have otherwise escaped you if not for leaping outside of your comfort zone. That's what I experienced when I watched Woody Allen's 1985 picture, The Purple Rose of Cairo. Before I gush over this film, I want to emphasize a few points up front in case you're rolling your eyes thinking, what has he been smoking? Why not a proven classic like Apocalypse Now or Blade Runner? And out of 50-plus flicks that Woody Allen directed, many of them bigger box office successes, what's special about this little 80-minute show? Well, I'll get to all that. But let me help my case by stating, 1. I can count all the Woody Allen movies I've seen on one hand. 2. Depression-era films aren't my favorite period pieces. And 3. It's usually an uphill battle for me to enjoy a movie with a plot revolving around, oh, who will she choose in this tense love triangle? And yet, here I am trying to convince you to check out The Purple Rose of Cairo, a movie set during the Depression, with a main character that regularly goes to talkies to escape the doldrums of eking out a living as a waitress while being married to a deadbeat, abusive husband. This pitiable wretch, Cecilia, idolizes the stars on the big screen, enamored with their grand romances. Just like her peers drink away their sadness at the bar, she's going to the movie house multiple times a week, as obsessed and dependent on celluloid, as an alcoholic looking for that next sip. The daydreaming about Hollywood romance and perfect love reaches a tipping point when the fourth wall breaks and characters in the latest release, The Purple Rose of Cairo, interact with Cecilia to the shock and horror of everyone else sitting with her at the show. A man she's fallen in love with on screen becomes flesh made real and professes his love for her. Can she leave her husband for him? Is it even possible to find love with someone who is written into existence opposed to being born and living through the harshness of real life? It's certainly enough to fill the short runtime of this movie, that's for sure. If that synopsis or the rest of my rambling herein makes you interested in seeing The Purple Rose of Cairo for the first time, I implore you to do no other research before viewing it. There were two distinct moments that floored me with their freshness, and I'm glad I didn't spoil them for myself. I'm always thinking about whether or not giving away the ending will ruin a movie, And in this case, I absolutely believe the film is interesting and original enough to be worth it going in relatively blind. Don't deprive yourself of that first-time magic that rarely accompanies movies, especially contemporary releases. So what jazzes me so much about this movie? It boils down to the commitment to the central conceit of the story. The characters in a movie become sentient and acknowledge the theater-goers watching them. One of them even comes into the real world. Admittedly, it's a big conceit. And if you're the type that needs to know why, how this happens, you'll be sorely disappointed. It's only 80-odd minutes long. If they made it today, they'd explain everything and turn it into a three-hour-long, convoluted mess. Instead, writer-director Woody Allen spends the bulk of the movie pondering the ramifications on the characters from this momentous event. Both real and fictional. It's rife with existential details. What does it mean for beings who know their lives end with every end credit roll? How does it affect the actor to realize there's a duplicate of himself running around, the living embodiment of his art form? What would be more fulfilling, the love of a real man, or that of a picture-perfect, tangible fantasy? These questions run all the way to the end. All I'll say of the ending is that if you hate ambiguous ones, Alan delivers a clear resolution While I disliked the ending, I respected it. The performances are great all around, including Jeff Daniels as the fictional archaeologist Tom Baxter and his real-life counterpart, the actor Gil Shepard. This is the second Mia Farrow-led movie I've seen after Rosemary's Baby, which I did a proper episode on with my pal Ian. You should listen to that if you're curious. And while both times she plays very vulnerable characters, The manner is very different between them and is to her credit. While I disliked her character, Cecilia, the premise alone kept me engaged with her struggle to make sense of where her heart should lie. Cecilia states the main conflict matter-of-factly after Tom Baxter starts courting her. I just met a wonderful new man. He's fictional, but you can't have everything. There are a lot of great lines like that. From what I've seen of Woody Allen's work, he's like the prosaic version of Quentin Tarantino. They both imbue their scripts with a lot of dialogue. The difference is one has people arguing over gunfire, while the other has them arguing over coffee and bagels. I cannot overstate how this movie came out of left field for me. I went in with low expectations. I had little interest in most of the cast. I downright loathed most of the director's other works that I've been exposed to. But somehow, by the end of the first act, I was sitting up straight and dialed into it. I woke up pretty quickly and smelled the purple rose of Cairo. So go ahead. Take a relatively brief 80-minute whiff. What do you have to lose? Get out of that comfort zone. There's something great just off the beaten path waiting for you.